You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable and fixed blade knives and game processing kits. Now, in my bag this year, I had the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit. It comes in a very compact, handy carrying case, and one handle has the replaceable blade knife and the gutting blade. The other handle has the saw that comes with it. So, I use the saw to split the pelvis and I use the gut hook to open up the cavity and the blade to start cutting all the stuff out, right? So uh, it makes cleaning a deer very simple, very easy, and the the knife is sharp. And uh, if you've ever had to gut a deer with a dull knife, we all know how much that sucks. So um, take a look at the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to OutdoorEdge.com and enter the discount code NATION30. That's NATION30 for 30% savings on your purchase. What's up, guys? My name is Parker McDonald, and I'm your host, and you are listening to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm here by myself today. Um, Drew is not with us because newborn and, uh, he has been struggling with, uh, with sleep because he has a newborn baby girl. And, uh, if you're a dad, you understand what that's all about. I hope you guys had an awesome Valentine's day. Hope y'all were smart and, um, didn't do anything stupid because in nine months it's, uh, it's going to be deer season and uh you don't want to be dealing with newborns running around or being born and doing all that stuff so i hope you guys were smart on valentine's day i know i sure was and um my wife was out of town all day today so um there was not even opportunities to make children so that's awesome i feel like i feel like i just let you guys into like a, a really private part of my life and so I apologize if, if that was a little too deep, but we have got a really fun episode today talking with Zach Shermer of Hunting the Ozarks. Now, what we're doing today is we're starting a brand new series. The series is called the Creator Series. Now, as I was looking through the offseason and thinking about fun ideas, things that might be a little bit different from um, what we've done and what other podcasts do during this time of the season, I know a lot of y'all are just getting over deer season, and you've been grinding out, you've been grinding hard, trying to fill those last tags, and uh, our Alabama season ended last week, and so um, turkey season is very soon. It's fast approaching, but um, it's hard. I get it. It's hard to start thinking about turkey season right as soon as deer season just ended, and so trying to figure out like different ideas that we could do for this kind of lull, I guess you could call it. And uh, we had this this thought of highlighting some of the, um, I guess you could call them low-key creators that are doing awesome stuff. Now, um, 
one of the first people that comes to my mind is Matthew Reeves from Southern Pursuit that uh, we had on a couple weeks ago. And that's really kind of what sparked this conversation of doing this series. And uh, I've, I said in the episode with Matt, if you haven't listened to it, you should go check it out. He's a really cool guy. I said that in the episode with him that I, I felt like he was one of the guys that should have 100,000 subscribers. And I, I just, his content is so stinking good. Why doesn't he have more subscribers? Why? Let's do what we can to get his name out there. And uh, not only just for him, not just because he's my buddy, but because I think you guys will enjoy it. It gives you something to do right now when um, we're in between deer and turkey season. It gives you, gives you guys something to, to watch and be entertained by. I know you guys have watched all the big-name YouTubers or whatever, Hunting Public. Y'all probably watched all of their stuff. You're running out of things to watch this is your opportunity to find something new and so zach with hunting the ozarks is a guy that i was turned on to um this year uh, probably back in october or so and been watching a lot of his stuff and zach's stuff is so well made it's really good he highlights hunting the ozarks of missouri um using a boat and so y'all know that i love water access i was instantly hooked on his channel but not just because of that but his freaking like quality of his of his videos is so good and i really think you guys will enjoy that so you can look forward to more of these episodes just like this coming up where we highlight different creators and the things that they're doing some of them are going to be from the south some of them might not be um but i I think you guys will enjoy enjoy this series and i really do think you guys will enjoy uh, what what we've got going on, what, what Zach has going on with Hunting the Ozarks. I think y'all like that. It's really good stuff. Before we get in the episode, wanted to remind you guys to check out ScreeGear.com. They just released this new pattern, and uh, it's really awesome. It's really good stuff. I think you'll like it. And uh, if you haven't checked out the new pattern, go to ScreeGear.com, and uh, you can see some of that stuff there. You can find them on social media and all that good stuff. Um but turkey season is coming up soon. One of the things that I'm really excited about with their new pattern is that it's got a lot darker colors. If you've checked out Scree before, um, their their main their main pattern, the Summit pattern, it's uh, it's got a lot of greens, lots of whites. Really good for elevated tree stand, saddle hunting, whatever. Um, but turkeys are very much a uh, uh, they use sight to their advantage big time and um, one of the things that I really like about the mountain stealth pattern from Scree was that it was a lot darker colors, a lot darker breakup. When you're sitting up against a tree, you, you blend in just so much better than the uh, than the summit pattern does. And with this new one, you've got a lot of that same style. So they're discontinuing the um, mountain stealth pattern, but they're adding this new pattern. I believe it's called Solus or Solus or something like that. I don't I don't know how you pronounce it. I think it's Solus, but um, it's really it's got all the darker the darker colors, darker shades, and still has really good breakup as well. And so it's really good stuff. If you go and check out all this stuff on ScreeGear.com, you can use the code Southern Ground at checkout, and that will save you a little bit of money on your order. Also, remember to check out Tethered Nation. I'm gonna I'm gonna brag for just a minute, but I finally got my own set of the tethered one sticks that are going to be released very very soon i'm telling you guys these are some of the best sticks the best sticks on the market right now and um they're going to be available to you very soon and they're freaking awesome uh 
They are lightweight. They they got this new attachment system. I, I, I'm not gonna give it. You can go watch videos on YouTube or whatever. I'm not gonna give you a full rundown all on them. I can tell you this: you're gonna like them. They're really cool. And uh, obviously, if you're in the in the market for a saddle, the Phantom saddle is, in my opinion, the best saddle on the market. It's uh, just a really really comfortable saddle. I've hunted out of it now for two years, and uh, it has done incredibly well. So go and check out TetheredNation.com. Also talking about a lot of water access in this episode if you want to learn more about water access from a kayak specifically you need to check out new canoe and their lineup of really awesome extremely versatile and uh the the main the main part that i like about my new canoe is it has a ton of space very customizable and um it has a huge weight capacity which is awesome for deer hunting if you want to get a deer out of the woods using a kayak, New Canoe is definitely the way to go. So check out NewCanoe.com for all your kayak hunting needs. That being said, let's get into this episode with Zach from Hunting the Ozarks. We've got the first episode of a new series that we're going to do here on, uh, on the podcast. It's going to be called the Creator Series. This series is all about... Um, highlighting people that I've been watching, some of the people that Drew has been watching as well, um, just just some of the, the stuff that we kind of watch to keep our minds in hunting mode on YouTube, on podcasts, on social media, whatever it might be. Um, this is the time of the year when I start really getting desperate for content and start really trying to find people that um, I have not watched their stuff before to just keep me keep me keep my mindset right while I'm in it. So right now we have got for our first episode of the Creator Series, we've got Zach Shermer from Hunting the Ozarks. Zach, how's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on the first episode. This is awesome. Trying to trying to stay warm though, man. It's it's getting pretty brutally cold here. <laughs> yes, I know it is. I've got I've got a, a sister that lives pretty close to where you live and they're like like highs of like one degree or something like that tomorrow it's it's pretty yeah. stupid cold um yeah and we're getting some snow i think oklahoma got hammered pretty good i got some family members in texas and uh they got like six inches of snow in dallas <laughs> golly yeah that's where my my parents live uh about an hour east of dallas in tyler and they said it was it was really cold they canceled church services and all kinds of stuff this morning we're getting it um, today and or tonight, tomorrow, and the next day, and it's going to be pretty cold throughout the week. And I'm really freaking bummed about it because our deer season ended last week, and uh, we finally had a really nice cold front come through, and deer season's over. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's over here in Missouri too. But yeah, I wish it was still on. Uh, Arkansas is still open. I, I live uh, pretty close to the border, so I might try to squeeze in a hunter two here at the end of the season if I can. Oh yeah, we had a guy from Arkansas on uh, two two episodes ago, and he was telling me that they went through the end of February in Arkansas, and I could not believe that. Yeah, it's a it's a really long season uh, in Arkansas. So <laughs> I really thought we had the uh, longest I, one here in Alabama and he was talking I was like what y'all go through the end of February that's crazy um (laughs) yeah it's nuts man I'll tell you something about here in Alabama is our rut I mean there's still deer in Alabama that are going to be rutting all the way up till 
turkey season starts at the end of uh, the end what? of March. Oh yeah. Um, no kidding. It's crazy, dude. It's nuts. And so I'm wondering, like these Arkansas guys, who I know their rut's not still. They don't have the goofy rut like we have here. Like it seems like it would start to get really stinking slow at some point. Have you done much of the late season Arkansas stuff in the past? Uh, not a ton of the late season Arkansas stuff. Um, I'm fairly still. I would say the last three years I've hunted Arkansas sparingly. I usually film a lot of my friends when I go to Arkansas. Um, my best friend lives down there. So I try to film those guys when I go. But this last season was my best season in Arkansas. Uh, got a couple deer down. But, no, I haven't spent a lot of time there late season. But I would assume it's probably not too much different from where I live in southern Missouri. They're all, you know, it's all pretty much similar as far as rut and stuff. So I'm pretty sure they're probably trying to find any food that's left and available. <clears throat> and it seems like just just because of the the weather changes and just how different it is over that direction, it seems like a lot of their bucks would already be dropping antlers. I would think is that yeah kind oh, of the yeah. case. Yeah, um, last year uh, my buddy was hunting. It, it, it's changed. So the first year we hunted there, they they dropped really early. So we always do a New Year's hunt. So I guess I do, I, we, we hunt some late season, but it's just a short new year's hunt. And, um, I think it was about two years ago was the first year we did it. And the bucks all have shed and we saw a lot of bucks. Um, <laughs> now last year he was hunting and he saw, he said the best eight point he's seen hunting this particular area in Northern Arkansas. And it was still behind a doe in like mid February. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's some Alabama stuff right there. That that deer probably came over from Mississippi or Alabama. He just had a big, huge home probably. range. She must have been something else, yeah. man. <laughs> she must have been something <laughs> special <laughs> for him to yeah. chase her that far. Um, well, yeah, that's funny. that's cool, man. So 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 tell me this. I have uh, I've been you know I obviously a lot of people who listen to this know my style of hunting and your style of hunting is going to be very similar, and so that's why you stuck out to me whenever I first started watching your videos. And I'm going to give a buddy of mine, Hunter Lindsay, a special shout out because he is the guy who first told me about your content. And uh, he was like, man, I think you'd really like this guy. He does the water access thing a lot. His, his camera shots is just really, his camera work is really good. I think you'll really like him. I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm sure you're like this. I'm definitely like this guys who, um, produce content on a regular basis are very critical of other people. Like I can always just, uh, usually I can find reasons why like, eh, okay, that wasn't that, that wasn't anything that I liked. But when I watched your stuff, I was like, holy cow, this is really good. And then I started looking at your, um, subscriber numbers and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like what I was watching was somebody who should have, like a hundred thousand subscribers like you were it was just that good um but it in all reality you know you, your your channel's still at a fairly fairly small point so if you can tell me um kind of the history of when you started i know it hadn't been just a terribly long time that you've been um serious about doing the hunting the ozarks channel so just kind of give me a brief history of it yeah, well, first off, thank you for the kind words, man. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so the history of hunting the Ozarks, it all kind of, it, it, 
uh, it's kind of weird because it all kind of ties into like my career that I'm in now too. Uh, it started in 2014. So I got a job. I went to school at the university of Arkansas in Fayetteville, uh, graduated, got a job in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So, <laughs> so I packed up all my stuff, headed, uh, headed about 10 hours North, uh, to a really different and unique environment. And when I was up there, I lived up there for a year and off a whim one time, I just took a paycheck to Best, or, uh, to Best Buy and bought me a little point and shoot Canon and probably had no business buying a camera at that point because I didn't know how to run the thing or edit anything that I shot. But I wanted to be able to capture some of that unique landscape that I was in and, and the pheasant hunting and the, you know, the unique opportunities in that part of the country. So um, I filmed I, I did a self-filmed turkey hunt and uh, killed my first Merriam with a bow, self-filming uh, on public land with no blind. And it came into about 10 yards and it was all perfect on camera and I was, I was pumped. And I had all this footage, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I kind of, you know, did some the typical YouTube search, Google search, and, and kind of figured out how to scratch together a, a video. And I made my first video in 2014 and I put it up on YouTube and uh send it to all my buddies and they're like dude this is so cool man blah 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 you know it was, it was all fun and and didn't really have any kind of goal or vision at that point but i knew that i loved that process of filming and editing and just creating it just seemed like ultimate freedom you can create whatever you want so um i kind of grew from there and and every time i'd come home for that next about year or so uh, i'd get together with my two best friends shout out to my buddies levi presley and nathan harold uh, we started just filming all of our hunts. So I'd come home for deer season and we'd just, you know, hunt together. We had no idea what we were doing, just bringing two stands in the woods and, and uh, filming each other hunt and really didn't have any goal or rhyme or reason as to what we were doing. We just wanted to film and edit and it was cool and fun. And I'd say around 2015, um, after a really good spring and capturing a lot of birds on camera, uh, it kind of started to dwindle a little bit. You know, we were moving on with our careers. My, uh, Nate lived down in Arkansas. So it was kind of hard logistically, you know, we were getting married and one of my buddies was starting family and jobs, you know how it goes. Yep. So, um, and, and it just kind of dwindled a little bit, you know, and, and, and around that time I decided to take this passion I had of, um, you know, filming and taking photos and turning into a career. So I started a uh, production business it's called open house media and I have an offshoot of that now called boundary creative. Um, but anyways, I started that uh, video and photography business around 2016 and spent, you know, a couple, you know, two, three years trying to get that, you know, up and running so I could pay the bills. I was getting married at that time, needed to pay the bills, get a house, do all the, you know, normal stuff that you should do. So I really didn't post a video for probably like, two or almost three years. And then I kind of started again in 2018. Um, just, I probably maybe posted five, maybe 10 videos in 2018. And that's kind of whenever it sparked that fire again of like, man, this is just too much fun. Um, I, I really want to kind of focus on YouTube. And uh, I, I really kind of buckled down in 2019. It's kind of really when I revamped the channel and started posting more regularly. And the goals kind of shifted in 2019 when I re when I revamped the channel into like, you know, the goal of the of the channel now is really just to kind of show off the Ozarks, um, yeah. this region of the country that doesn't get you know it doesn't get a lot of you don't go to YouTube and and see a lot of people deer hunting in the Ozarks. You know, you might see some turkey stuff, but 
it's not a ton of like popularity in this area for deer hunting and stuff like that. So I just wanted to show it off. Uh, we have excellent lakes around this area, beautiful scenery, beautiful hills, a lot of diversity too. There's a lot of stuff that looks like you're in Kansas too. It's just really diverse, a lot of deer. And then in my opinion, some of the best turkey hunting in the entire country. So the goal now moving forward is to kind of just show off this, this beautiful landscape and kind of the tips and tricks that I use to hunt this area that I grew up in. Yeah. And so, man, I, I just, I just went to your channel again and I, I scrolled all the way back and you can see that like five, five years ago, it's like fairly consistent, you know, posting deer and turkey, several videos from deer and turkey season. And then it just stops and then it comes back to two years ago. And, uh, yeah. And that's where you can tell. But one of the things that I'm noticing on this is it looks like, Obviously, you got a lot better in the creative space when it comes to like your thumbnails, graphic design, um, everything seems to seems to be like that. When you, when you came back with it, it was like you're a different guy. It's no longer just a couple buddies doing stuff for fun on YouTube. It's like <laughs> super intentional. Like I want people to watch this. Um, it's just very professional, and that's the that's the first thing that I noticed about your stuff, um, other than the fact that it was water access, which I love that holds a special place in my heart. But, um, yep. you know, I noticed how, how well it's made. It's all put together in a really nice package. That's just looks so stinking good. And I just feel like, I feel like every single one of these videos should have, you know, a hundred thousand views on it or 200,000 views. And, uh, and so yeah, that, you know, sure. that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do with this, with this creator series is, um, you know, get your name out there and, and try to show as many people. And what this does, it, it doesn't just, it doesn't just, in my opinion, help the people that we're talking to. It helps the, the viewer kind of be able to, um, expand their, their uh, intake. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, mm -hmm. not a lot of people are are you know thinking about the ozarks as being like a destination place to go and try to deer hunt and uh or or turkey hunt or fish like it's not it's not really the place that you think about whenever you think like man i want to go on an out-of-state hunt and guys like you who are in this very niche um category and region uh are, are really highlighting that and so i think a lot of guys can can learn a lot from the stuff that you're doing creators guys who want to bite off trying to start a youtube channel can learn a lot as well as the guys who are just trying to learn tactics and get better at deer hunting and that's one of the things that you do you do really well is talk about your tactics and try to take opportunities to teach and educate any chance that you get and so my question on that is when you when you first started um you said you started with a turkey hunt you went out and killed a killed a turkey with a bow on, on, uh, I believe you said public land with no blind. Um, yeah, down up in South Dakota In South Dakota. Yep. So were you already a serious like hunter woodsman? Did you already have like kind of that skill set um, whenever you first started or is that something that has more developed as you've, as you've gone? Well, it definitely developed, but no, no, to answer your question, I've been hunting since I was probably, I don't nine or ten was when I killed my first turkey. My dad 
asked some permission. Uh, he got into hunting kind of, I guess, later in life, I suppose, like college after college time frame, And he got into turkey hunting. Like I said, we're in Missouri. We have really good turkey hunting. So he got some permission um, up north about, I don't know, an hour from where I live. And this, this farm was like loaded with double bearded toms. And he took us, uh, me and my brother hunting there, nine, 10 years old, you know, killed my first bird somewhere in that time frame, nine or 10 years. And, you know, pretty much hunted my whole life ever since then, you know, we never skipped an opening, opening weekend of deer season. Um, we had some family that lived in kind of central Missouri area. They had some property that we always rifle hunted on. And then, uh, about, I don't know, maybe close to 20 years ago, my dad bought a, uh, we were, we were really lucky. My dad bought a piece of property, uh, north where we live and, we, that's when we really kind of got into deer hunting and, uh, and, and particularly bow hunting. So, because we realized we could hunt a lot more of the season, um, if we bow hunted. So we were starting to get into bow hunting probably pretty heavily right before high school, that junior high into high school time frame, and, uh, really, really got into it. And I will say though, you know, I, like I said, it was super fortunate being able to hunt, you know, private ground growing up and I kind of always had like a almost like a negative thought of like public I, I just thought that there was overrun there wasn't any deer or turkey on public land and about three or four years ago my buddy down in Arkansas started hunting public and that's that's I feel like whenever my hunting game just completely flipped on me yeah I, I I kind of got in a rut I think hunting private of like oh it's a north wind I'm going to hunt this food plot it, no rhyme or reason, right? Just just yep. went just wind direction. So it, I, I feel like I missed out on maybe a lot of learning opportunities, um, you know, reading sign and, and, and how deer might use a particular ridge system or, or a drainage system or whatever. And um, I really progressed when I started hunting public land because, you know, you go in blind. So you got to learn on the fly, right? Like you got to mm -hmm. do in-season scouting. You got to learn on the fly. And it helps you become a better woodsman, a better hunter. And um, I, I really think my success has definitely increased over the last three or four years because I've switched over hunting public land and I still hunt private and I take those same techniques into hunting private. I don't hunt the same stands we've always hunted. Yeah. I take the saddle with me. I take the phantom with me on private and I hunt new spots every time. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's, that's exactly um... – I did that this year. I killed my first buck of the season just like that. I don't get to hunt a lot of private land. I don't have any that's just available to me, but I got invited to go and kill the deer using the public land tactics on private land. And, um, man, I, I tell you this, the guys who were a part of that, it was on a hunting club. The guys who were a part of that hunting club were, they were just amazed that this guy who was a guest could go in and, and just kind of call, call his shots. And that's what I did that day. I just kind of called the shots. I, I felt, very confident on this little i just scouted it and hunted it and uh they were amazed it's i mean it's it's such a cool thing whenever you can start to see those those public land tactics start to really like they they start becoming almost like a second nature like you can pretty well once you do it enough and you're successful enough you can start really doing that and calling your shots i've always i've always thought that the guys that um that I've seen Dan and fall, John Eberhardt guys like that, who are just kind of legendary, mm -hmm. legendary public land guys who 
they just have the Andre DeQuisto De is another guy who they just know when to go into an area. They know how to go into an area, how to access it, what to look for, and set up and, I mean, kill one. I mean, almost, almost yeah. just like clockwork. And uh, it's just cool. I think a lot of guys would benefit from from doing that if they would kind of step away from their their honey hole, you know, private permission properties or food plots and things like that and really go out and try to learn how to hunt deer and not just wait on deer. I think there's a big difference. And right. They're both fun. Exactly, yeah. I'm not knocking yeah. sitting on a it, in a redneck blind over a food plot. That is fun. But Yeah, oh yeah. You know, yeah, I mean it's exactly what you said. You you can be a little more successful by kind of putting yourself in the right situations. And so, you know, I want to I want to kind of um go back into one of the things that I was talking about earlier was um there was an obvious switch in your quality of content that you were putting out. Um just for some of the guys who might be listening to this and um you know, they're wanting to start a YouTube channel, but they have zero knowledge of camera equipment, um, how to make a thumbnail on a thumbnail image on YouTube. Uh, they, they just don't have any knowledge of, of anything in the creative technology space. What were some of the things that you did to, or some, I guess maybe two or three of the main things that you did that upped your quality and, uh, and your creativity? Uh, I, I failed a lot. <laughs> it's just trial and error, man. Like, I, I think, I think it's almost, I'm the type of person where like, if I like something, like if I really like something, I get like single track mind on it and I just push and push until I can learn everything I possibly can about that thing. Or, I, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not trying to call myself an expert by any means. There's still a ton to be learned, but I got obsessed with the process of, okay, so I had, I, I'm a Missouri guy, uh, Midwest or um, uh, Heartland bow hunters up in Kansas City, a couple hours from us. They were a huge, huge inspiration for me. Um, the cinematic look, the creativity. So I would like watch a Heartland bow hunter episode, and be like, okay, how do they make the the clouds look like they're flying through the sky, or how do you see the rotation of the Earth? you know, the time lapses. Mm -hmm. So I just would Google search for hours. I mean, I would just try to figure out what that meant. How do you do it? And then I would just test it. So there was, I mean, I probably have loads and loads of footage that I've never even shared anywhere to anyone just because I'm just trying things out, you know, yeah. So that's like the biggest thing. Um, you're going to fail. I mean, that's just part of it. And, and those are all learning, uh, learning tools in my opinion. And, um, so that's definitely one thing that's failing. And, I, I took that leap of faith because I love the process so much and the creativity of doing video and, and photography. I took that leap of faith of starting my own business. And that, I, like, if you look at, like you said, if you look at my timeline of the videos, whenever I started revamping, I had about three or so years of, of like, professional video work under my belt and learning from guys that have been in the game a lot longer than me, being on, like, big, you know, production shoots almost like with like national brands, like we've worked with some really big national brands that everyone's pretty much heard of. So you learn a lot um, just being around other people that have done it and just kind of being in that world. I would say that's probably, those are probably the two biggest things. Um, and, and like we have the internet nowadays, like 
I, there's not a whole lot of excuses. If you like something, I think there's just look it up, man. Like there's answers out there online. Like, yeah, it's just a powerful tool that we all have at our fingertips in our pockets and our phones. You can learn anything you want online. Yeah, for sure. I, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about a book that I've read. It's called steel like an artist. And, um, it's a good book for anybody who is, uh, who is a creative, who wants to be a creator. Um, basically premise, there's nothing new under the sun. And a lot of, a lot of creativity is stemmed from inspiration, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. just, just what you're saying, you know, you can go and watch a Heartland Bowhunter video. You could go and watch a Drury video. You can watch a lot of these videos yeah. and find little, find little things in there that they have creative teams that are sitting down and making these things and you can learn how to do it. But what you said seems to be, uh, the thing that holds people back a lot is you spent hours and hours and hours researching and trying to figure out how to do this stuff. It was a very big time investment for you to learn how to do it. And, um, and that's, yeah. that's the thing that I think holds a lot of people back is that, I mean, people got families, they got kids, they got a wife, they got jobs and it's hard, man. And it really is hard. And that's mm-hmm. why, that's why the space, there will be, there will continue to be space made for people who are able and willing to put in that, put in that work and that effort to go and figure out how to make it the best, figure out how to um, do it even when they don't, when they may not know how to do it. And there's going to continue to be space for those people if you're willing to do it. That's why most people are probably going to end up quitting or failing or failing so much that they decide to quit or prioritizing other things over that. And that's okay. That's what, that's what makes it, that's what makes it special. You know, if everybody grew to a hundred thousand subscribers, you know, in, in a year, then nothing there would be nothing special about it but there there is and uh and i think you 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 definitely are well on your way to being uh to being there i think you uh you do an incredible job like i've already said a million times but you can definitely tell you can definitely tell when people have the the um the drive to learn because every video continually gets better um but not only that dude you know as well as i do you might be able to edit a killer video, but if you don't know how to hunt deer, you're you don't have content, yep. right? So yeah. So yeah. how are you balancing yeah. that? Obviously, you kill deer, you you kill a lot of turkeys, you kill a lot of deer. Um, how are you? How are you continually learning to be creative and and film and get those shots, but also like killing stuff like learning how to hunt even better and better right and that's a great question and and um you know i I always feel like everyone wants to be a a a more like a better killer you know i mean like yeah oh i can i can kill a bigger buck or or more deer or whatever so i always think that i can you know definitely be better and i i kind of boiled i think i can boil that question down to just simply time in the field and again, this is where we can, you know, run into life stuff. And I'm married with a one-year-old son, so this is not easy for me too. And it almost just sounds like I might be preaching, you know. But if you're a young guy and you're fired up about it, just go do it, man. Like, you, you, I think you just spend the time in the field, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the biggest thing for hunting too, right? Like, 
if you're hunting that morning and you're not seeing anything, be looking at on X. Where's your next bait? I mean, you got nothing planned that day. Like say it's a Sunday or whatever, Saturday, whatever, and you have all day to hunt. Don't, don't get in the mindset of like, well, I'm going to go on a morning hunt and then I'm, I'm going to go you know, get the breakfast and chill for four hours and then do my evening hunt. Like the, the thing that I've learned, I think really, it really kind of cemented in just this last season, honestly, because I'm still kind of new at this public land stuff is like the more time I'm out, the better I become at hunting and the better it seems like when I'm in nature, I can think about like a creative process. So like I have an idea as to what the, the episode is going to flow, you know, cause I'm out there, I'm scouting. Okay. So like I'm on a morning hunt, uh, nothing's happening now, but I was on on X and I just found a new cove. I've never hunted before on this lake. I'm going to go boat over there and scout it the rest of the day until I find something I like. And I'm learning that full time. I'm getting, um, you know, photos, video, whatever it is. And, um, I'm finding where the deer are and I just try to set up there and I might not see anything that happens probably most, most of the time, you know, (laughs) you might not figure it out that first time. It might take a week or two just to, to figure out that area. But I guess, you know, to answer that question, I think it's just time out in the field. For sure. And, you know, I think the one of the hardest parts for me has always been, okay, um, you have to, you have to, like you said, make your episode flow. You have to be constantly be mindful of, oh, I, I found a rub here. I found a scrape here. I need to film this. You can't just keep going, you know, keep walking and not film stuff. Because I promise you, if you go out there and you kill the biggest buck of your life and you're looking back on your footage trying to put a video together, you're going to say, crap, I wish I would have filmed this whole process. That's the yeah. hardest part to me is kind of being yeah. being yeah. disciplined enough to do it. That's, that's a really, really good point. And there, uh, back in like, you know, 2016, 15 timeframe, I, I always had the intention of like, Oh, I'm going to sell film all this year. And honestly, I'll just say this right off the bat. Like that one time, that you go hunting and you don't take your camera with you, you're not going to film the rest of the season. At least for me, it's like that. So I had to really like it. This, the last two years, I think was the kind of the first two years that I'm like, okay, there's literally no excuses. Like I've got like, it's like you said, it's just a discipline thing. Like you got to do it. Like just take your camera. Cause if you don't bring it the next time you go, cause you know how much easier it is to hunt without self filming. Right. Mm -hmm. It can be a pain. Like it's a lot longer process. Um, a lot more moving parts, a lot heavier backpacks. Um, it's, it's a pain. I'm not going to lie. And and if you're not seeing deer, um, it's hot early season. It's like, man, I don't want to film this. I'm tired. I want to go home. Like you get all those things in the back of your mind. It's that little voice in the back of your mind, but you just kind of got to go, you know what? I'm out here. This is what I'm doing. This is what I had scheduled for today. So this is what I'm going to do. So just stick with it. Yeah. it's it's very hard, and I tell people, when people ask me about, you know, filming and how to make an episode, how to make, how to make a video work well, I my biggest piece of advice is something similar to what we've, what we've been talking about. It's film every, every hunt like you're going to kill the biggest big buck of your life. If you'll film every yeah. hunt like you know I'm going to kill a good buck, then you're, I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen is you don't see a deer and you have to delete a bunch of footage. But the worst thing that happens Mm -hmm. if you don't do that is you 
you don't have the footage that you need whenever it comes time, whenever you do kill that big buck, it's, you don't have what you need. And, and it's hard. Yep. I mean, it's, it's a, it is a big time discipline, I think for a lot of people to do that. And that's why a lot of people end up, you know, and I get it, man. Uh, a guy, Greg Godfrey, that you and I both know, um, that owns tethered. Yeah. He said one time, uh, I think in a video, he said, if, if, uh, you're thinking about self-filming don't <laughs> that was it just don't do it because it's hard and it sucks most of the time and and but it yeah. man the payoff for it is absolutely ridiculous so you mentioned you mentioned uh heartland bow hunter being one of your one of your main inspirations is there any other any other people it can be in the in the tactics realm or in the creative realm that you that you follow that uh, and it doesn't even have to be deer hunting necessarily, just people that you follow that um, you've learned a lot from. Um, yeah, obviously, I mean, the Heartland Bowhunter guys, um, they're a big inspiration. I like, you know, I like the cinematic feel of that. Um, obviously, the hunting public dudes, they're killing it. Those guys are awesome. Um, they just know how to put out awesome content and it's informational. It's really well shot. Um, Dan Infall, all those guys, you know, all these guys that are in this public run and gun, um, um, kind of space, if you will, are big inspirations, the untamed dudes and the untamed guys are putting out really cool stuff too, like really cinematic, uh, video shots and stuff like that. It, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's probably the same ones that a lot of your followers are, are watching are probably the same type of uh, inspiration as, as I, as I get from. Um, and also, you know, I, I'm a big podcast guy. I like listening to, um, you know, like the Joe Rogan experience for some reason when he has particular guests on, he's just like an inspiring guy, man. He's a really disciplined guy. Mm -hmm. I like listening to him. Um, I've been recently, I'm always kind of got a lot of irons in the fire. I've been recently like on this big real estate kick. Um, and there's a lot of really inspirational people on, in real estate uh, with like, you know, just being super disciplined and, and like flipping houses and doing rentals. So um, like one of them's bigger pockets. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one, okay. um, but it, it's kind of say what I just said. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Check it out. It's really inspirational. Even if you're not into real estate, I mean, they talk a lot of business stuff, but there's, that's the cool thing. Like I said earlier about the internet, there's a lot of like inspirational people out there, whether it be in the hunting space or not. Um, but you know, to answer your original question, like, yeah, the, you know, from the beginning, it was kind of the Heartland bow hunter feel that I really liked the cinematic feel. Um, and then it's just kind of grown with all the new YouTube channels that are out. You kind of pull things from everywhere and I'll get on kick sometimes on YouTube. I'm, I'm sure most people do too. Like, uh, the DIY sportsman. I get in like real deep into DIY stuff. Like Greg, his G2 channel, like he's always DIY and everything. Yeah. And Carl, uh, with, with Heather, they're always like these DIY guys. And, and I get deep into those types of things typically during the off season. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, man. There's a lot of inspirational stuff out there. So one of the things that I see whenever I'm, whenever I'm constantly, especially with a podcast, with a podcast, I'm always looking for people who are doing cool stuff that I can talk to. And um, right. so that's part of the reason why I'm, I spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos is just to try to find new people to to get on the show who know what they're talking about. And um, one of the things that I notice is a lot of the people that you mentioned, people are just basically ripping them. I mean, and they're, they're not – and that's not bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I definitely don't think that's bad. If that's how somebody wants to do their videos, 
that's fine. But I don't know that I believe that they will ever really make it until they kind of come up with their own identity in it. And it's not just like, you know, a, a copycat show of, of one of these that you just mentioned. So what are the things that you're doing for you that make you, and I'll, I'll say this too, you, when I watch your videos, I definitely don't get this feeling that, um, that you're just trying to copy somebody else, but obviously these guys are your inspiration. What are the things that you're doing to stay original and genuine to you so that it doesn't just look like a copycat type video? Right. Well, um, I, I've really kind of dialed in this lake hunting and I know some of these other channels do a lot of lake hunting, but I, I know you mentioned you, you, you like to hunt a lot from water access as well. I really dialed in on that. Um, and I focus on the lake hunting, um, aspect of it, but I try to keep my channel original. And like I said, the goal is I, I'm pretty regional on where I hunt. I, I don't do a lot of traveling, um, you know, the goal of my channel is just to kind of show off this region of the Ozarks. So, you know, I'll do a fishing episode. I'll do a public land episode. I'll hunt private. I, I killed my biggest buck of my life this last year on my dad's private farm. I mean, five minutes into the hunt. So yeah, that was, a, that I'm was the just, spot and uh, stalk pub- kind of thing on the yeah. ground in the rain. Yeah. That was a in, sick in the rain. video. I mean, that I was awesome. The barn in, <laughs> I had left the barn five minutes, man. So like, <laughs> I guess. I'm not just going to niche myself to just hunting public land. I, I really enjoy the aspect of hunting public land because I've, like I told you, I learned a lot in the process of doing that, but I pretty much just kind of stay within the Arkansas, Missouri range. And, um, now, you know, I, I don't mind if, you know, if I got invited to travel somewhere, I would, but, um, I just try to stay original to my, to my roots here in the Ozarks. And, um, I, I try to get creative shots, which, like kind of, I think you mentioned something about, you know, n- not always you see this on YouTube. You don't see a lot of like creativity as far as like shots go on YouTube. Um, a lot of are just kind of cut and dry. Like this is what I'm going to talk about in this video. And then you talk about it and that's it. I try to incorporate a lot of creativity because that's what I do for a profession. Right. So I can incorporate that kind of stuff into my, into my episodes and my videos. So I don't, did that answer your question? Sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah, I, I think I think it's uh, your hunting style is very is very unique. You know, um, I, I obviously I love I love the the style and I do that style and that's what I key in on as well. That's why I, I probably liked your videos so much in the first place, just because it was it was uh, relatable for me, and uh, and so I, I definitely like that aspect. But also, you know, listening to you talk about you know like not. And there's a lot of people out there who will just will not hunt private land and and do a video on it just because or they'll make an excuse of this is why I had to hunt private land today or I hunted uh, I don't normally hunt private land but I'm hunting it right now you know and it's almost like don't think less of me because I'm hunting private land and I get that I mean there is an aspect of it you know a lot of people are watching those channels or your channel or my channel for the public land aspect. But there is, I mean, you can, you you just need to be yourself. You just need to be genuine. I, I don't know. Are you familiar with Catman, Catman Outdoors? Yeah. So Catman, Jonathan is, is a, is a friend of mine and I've gotten to spend a pretty decent amount of time with him over the last couple of years. 
And if if I'm just being honest and I had to tell you who I think is the most genuine creator in the hunting space, it's it's Jonathan. It's Catman Outdoors. I think that that, that channel is the most genuine channel because what you see on the video is exactly who he is in real life. And I think people like that. I think people really like yeah. somebody who is genuine. They don't want to see somebody who is you, – you can spot that. You can spot that somebody who's fake on camera they're different on camera than they are in real life and you can tell that because it's not natural it doesn't feel natural it feels forced and um you know with 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 him he is exactly he's just a tennessee country tennessee boy that loves to kill stuff and he's just the same exact way if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna make a video, I think he did a video of hunting squirrels out of his canoe. I mean, yeah. dude, come on, that is yeah. that is amazing. Like, I love I love that. Yeah, I I forgot to mention him. Like, yeah, he's a genuine dude. You can tell that. Like, he he's not faking anything. That's who he is, man. Yeah, and yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. I think people notice that, and that's what really I think puts a creator, in my opinion, it makes a creator like really stick out more than anything if i can tell uh that they're that they're genuine i just want to i just want genuine i want to i don't care if you're funny or if you're goofy if you i don't care if you're hunting public land private land you know hunting turkeys uh, over a food plot with decoys out i really don't care i all that stuff is cool and all of it's fun and all of it's enjoyable to watch i just want somebody who's going to be genuine and i think a lot of these big time TV shows, like where you got the guy. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm gonna name one just because he's a good example. Chris Brackett, and <laughs> when he was doing his like Fear No Evil or whatever, and he had these like super goofy looking chops, and he was wearing a a bandana and all. It just did not look realistic. It, you, the the guy, it looked like it was put on for a show, like it was a reality show on freaking. MTV or something. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's why whenever, whenever he had his little, little thing where he messed up and not messed up when he poached a deer, people were real quick yeah. to be like, well, yeah, that guy sucks. You know, that guy, I didn't yeah. like that guy yeah. in the first place, you know? And, and a lot of that's because he just wasn't a genuine dude. And, and I, I probably sound like super judgmental. I'm not trying to sound judgmental at all, but it's just, it's a it's a really good example of what we're talking about. I think when you you actually build followers and you build fans by being true to yourself and being genuine, and it also helps when you don't poach and you don't you know do stupid stuff too. That <laughs> that's a good thing. But um, yeah, you know I think everything that you said is spot on, man. Like you got to be genuine and and find find your thing. Don't just go and hunt. I love I love what you said about not hunting out of state like i don't really care to go out of state and hunt i want to just highlight what i do what i do here and i think that's uh i think that's cool and i think you know when i when i watch your stuff i obviously see a lot of that same that same personality you seem like a genuine dude i don't feel like if we were to go and hang out that you would be any different than you are on your on your show so um tell me no yeah i try to keep it that way I, i appreciate it absolutely so, so, so you, you started this, you started a creative, um, business doing, doing video work. And, and I think you said real estate, was it real estate photography? 
Yeah. So obviously with with a business, right? You have this this creative business that has all types of camera gear. You got I'm sure you have lenses out the wazoo. You probably got all kinds of lenses. I saw one of your Instagram stories where you had a black magic camera and most of the guys listening to this probably have they're like, "What's that?" It's not that's not Sony or <laughs> Canon or I don't know that that's not a GoPro. What's that? It's a it's a production quality camera. I mean, it's a good high quality camera. So you have all this gear for that stuff. Are you using the same stuff for your hunting equipment as well? Uh, I don't take that black magic out into the woods to sell film. Now, um, I did some work with, with tethered on their, on their, um, on their fall series this year. And I took the black magic with me, um, on like a 10 day deer hunt in Northern Missouri on public land. But excuse me. Um, no, I, I don't take that nice film camera with me to sell film. It'd be nearly impossible. I'm running just a little, uh, a mirrorless DSLR. It's a Canon EOS R. And I definitely wouldn't recommend like if someone was wanting to start self filming, uh, I definitely probably wouldn't recommend a DSLR to self film with. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty challenging, uh, with the focusing because it's all manual focus on those lens. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, but yeah, that's a dual purpose camera that, that EOS R that's where I take all my real estate photography and videos with. Um, but anytime I get hired to do, you know, if, if I got to hire, if I got hired by like tethered, like I said, to do a shoot, I'm probably going to take the, the film camera, uh, the, the black magic, it shoots 6k footage in a raw format. Um, just to give you guys an example of like the way that it crunches up data, I've got a 500 gigabyte SSD card. Um, uh, well it's like a solid, yeah, it's like a solid state state drive. It's like an external hard drive and it's 500 gigabytes. And I get about an hour and a half worth of footage on 6k. <laughs> on 500 gigabytes so it eats up a lot of data <laughs> that's um, insane yeah it's crazy. but i took that black magic uh with me on a 10-day elk hunt in new mexico in september with um day six arrows are you familiar with day six absolutely yeah and i did a 10-day shoot with brian in, in new mexico and that i was nerve i was sweating bullets on that one it was really really tough like challenging physically and mentally on that hunt because it was slow but it was dusty i got dust in the camera it was it, it rained a, a couple days we weren't seeing elk until the end of the trip and we went every single day for 10 straight days that the camera probably weighs close to 20 pounds when it's all rigged out with everything i need with mics and lenses and the camera body so it, it was a doozy but um yeah i mean I, I try to go as light as I can when I go into hunt, um, you, you know, just, just simply for the weight factor, you know, for sure. um, and that, that black magic would be impossible to self film yeah, absolutely. with it doesn't have a little flippy screen. <laughs> absolutely, dude. Those things are huge. We, we actually use, or we don't anymore. We used to use the black magic cameras at the church that I work at and, uh, and they're, mm. they're nothing, they're nothing small. I would like, I feel like my, uh, I use a uh, Sony AX43 right now just as my tree stand camera. And then I've got a mirrorless Sony, the A6300 that I mm -hmm. use. I, I use it for hunting uh, a lot, except 
this year, well, recently, I used it for last turkey season, and I plan to use it all this year, but um, one of my, the lens that I use for the tree, it, uh, something's wrong with it. I got to send it in and get repaired, but I, I completely agree with you, man. For a guy who's just starting out and doesn't have a whole lot of experience running cameras, a, uh, a handy cam is definitely the way to go when it yeah. comes to focusing and things like that. Um, so I'm considering getting a handy cam, honestly. <laughs> it, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I had to go and buy this yeah. one when that lens went out. I bought it for, uh, actually it was on the same for the tethered channel, uh, a Kentucky trip that I did early season Kentucky for the tethered channel. And, uh, my lens broke and I had sold my other handy cams. I was like, well, I got to get something. So, like the day before I bought this Sony AX43 and I used it for the rest of the season and it's a, it's a great camera. It's high quality, you know, for, for what it is a sub thousand dollar camera. It does a good job. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I I really like it. The microphone's good, but I want to know. So you, you use that mirrorless camera as kind of your, your hunting main camera What's your normal mm-hmm. setup look like as far as – you don't have to explain where everything goes and stuff, but as far as camera, camera arms, um, if you have a gun-mounted or bow-mounted camera, what, what's your normal, like, hunting setup? Yeah, so I carry uh, – uh, my camera arm is the fourth arrow. I still have the old-school base. I know they came out with those new bases that are a little bit lighter, but I got the heavy uh, fourth arrow base. I, I can't remember exactly like the, uh, the model names. I think, is it like the stiff arm? Are you familiar with that? Yeah. The... So I use the same one. I, I still use the one, the heavy one, but I actually, uh, if you, if you know, if you ever run across Garrett Prawl, he has got a mod that he did to mine. Um, he's probably gonna be pissed that I even said anything about it on a podcast. Um, hopefully <laughs> don't, don't reach out to him guys. Don't, don't reach out to him. I don't want him to, to hate me for it, but he modded mine. I did some stuff for him and he modded, modded mine up to with like aluminum pieces to it. And it Dang. made it, it made it as light as, as light or lighter than the new Talon base. And, oh, uh, really? yeah, it's still big. Nice. It's still a little bit bigger, yeah. but it's, it's, uh, it's definitely lighter. And I use the carbon arm on mine, but you use the stiff arm. Is that what oh, you said? Okay. Yeah, this is the aluminum one. It's mm-hmm. the heavier one. I bought it like three or four years ago, and I just stuck with it. So, yeah, that's that's what the that's that's the uh, the camera arm and the main camera that sits on that is that that Canon EOS R um, mirrorless, and I run a twenty four to one hundred five um, Canon glass, and it's an EF glass mount. Um, what mic? I have some. I, I just so I was using a, a little Rode video mic um, for the microphone for mm-hmm. the last couple of years or so. But I noticed that I was getting a couple like some static interference every once in a while. I think they would make those mics pretty cheap and they kind of fail pretty quick. Yeah, they do. So, so I switched over to a clip-on mic, a Sennheiser. It's one of the older Sennheiser clip-on mics. I actually traded some video workout for it. Um, and I, I kind of stuck with that kind of mid season all the way through the end of the season. Um, and it sounds really good. You can obviously, you know, hear you breathing heavy whenever a deer is coming up, but it's good, clear audio. Uh, and then, um, I run a GoPro, what is it? I think it's a hero five or 
black five or something like that. Yeah. I honestly don't remember, but it's a, it's just a 4k GoPro. Um, and those are the two things I take into the, to the woods with me. And I did a shoot this summer while I was doing a scout and I brought my drone with me. I have a Maverick Mavic two pro. Um, but I usually don't, I don't usually mess with bringing that with me, but I, I don't know. Maybe I should. It you could should. be a little something different. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I know. you should, I've gotten some of the best footage I don't ever take it with me. Like, it's not in my pack or anything, but I leave it in the truck. All The whole deer season, my drone stays in my truck. And whenever I shoot a deer using the kayak, if the weather's right, it's not windy. Uh, I've actually had a couple times where I've almost lost the drone to the lake um, because of wind and stuff. But Yeah. But, dude, you should – I'm going to send you some pictures that I've taken with my drone um, in the kayak. It's just – it just makes it freaking awesome. It's so much fun. I but, know. I, the only thing that kind of holds me back on what I don't, I'm, I'm making excuses right now, honestly. But like, I've gone through like six drones because I, I fly a drone pretty much every day to do like a real estate shoot or something. And mm-hmm. I've crashed them in rivers. I've crashed them in lakes. I've crashed them in barns. I've crashed them in fields. Like, so I'm always just like, if I'm down a drone, it's just I'm gonna be out of work essentially until I get one shipped then you know what i mean which isn't that big of a deal it's more of an excuse i should do more drone shoots for the youtube channel really because i love flying a drone it's fun i'll tell you what's hard to do it's hard to fly a drone and uh, fly a drone over water by yourself and look like it's like candid while you're <laughs> while you're trying to run your boat or your Dude, paddle or something like that it, it's, it's nearly impossible man yeah <laughs> It's uh, it's it's fun, man. I mean, this whole process, everything that you're talking about, even your tree stand or your your tree setup is very similar to mine. I, I, we probably don't have a whole lot of differences, um, in our in our setup. And I don't think a lot of guys who are serious self filmers, probably like we would probably put it all next to each other and be very similar. Um, but yeah. when you, one of the things that I've noticed about self filming is whenever I kill a deer. It's no it like that's where the the really fun, creative, cool, like lat memory lasting shots. Um mm-hmm. that's when they start to take place. Whenever you are successful on a deer or a turkey, let's say you shot a deer you're whatever, two miles, two miles boat ride, and you've shot a deer at let's say eight o'clock in the morning. What time are you normally oh, coming out of the woods? What time are you like driving home? It's pretty done. It's probably almost dark. <laughs> yeah. Because by the time you know, like you said, man, like that's the fun part. Like, and and this is where I really wish I could get like, uh, like an intern. I don't know, like someone to help me out because like I have so many cool like creative ideas that I can't do by myself, or it's hard to do by myself. Uh huh. Um, because. You know, the hunting stuff that I've filmed, like, professionally, dude, the after-kill shots are the best. You know, like, sun flares between the antlers, uh-huh. you know, the slow-mo shots of the guy turning the antler. Like, I want to do those so bad for my channel, but it's so hard to do it when you're self-filming. But I do the best I can with what I, you know, with with myself and with photos um, because it can be, sometimes I forget to put the, uh, the tripod in my boat. And whenever I get the deer back to the boat, I'm like, okay, I'm stacking up piles of rocks on the bank of the lake or the other the river arm. And, 
and I'm trying to level the camera out to get the boat shot. And I make it work, but it does take time, man. Like it, it takes some time when you're doing it all yourself because you got to process the deer. I mean, yep. You got to process the deer. You got to get the B-roll. You got to drag it back to the boat, um, or and or quarter it up in the field and pack it out. So there's, it's a process. But yeah, to answer your question, it's 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 if you kill one at 8 a.m., it's you know, it's a long process before I get home. <laughs> yep, that's man. Usually it's uh, I, I I shot one I shot one this year that was at uh, I believe I shot at 8:30. 8 30 9 o'clock something like that and i was finally on my way home at four like four that yeah, afternoon that's, yeah it's it's a big I huge killed, commitment it, it is man and that's yeah that's the biggest takeaway for me like i know we've kind of already touched touched on this but it's like man you just gotta commit because for me it's that one time that you don't take the camera with you it's like Oh, the next time it becomes easier to not take it. Mm-hmm. And the next time after that, it becomes even easier. So, like, it just kind of goes back to that to me. Just, like, just take it and do it, you know? Yeah. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people right now are wanting to start, you know, they've seen a lot of people be successful trying to uh, trying to self-film, and they've got YouTube channels that are blowing up. I mean... It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely fun to think that you can you can do it, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of hard work. It's just it's just very difficult. And uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's so stinking so stinking rewarding. Um, but we yeah, are it is. we are running up on about an hour, and I want to know one thing before you go. One thing that you would tell a new guy that's wanting to start in this whole creative space, one thing that you feel like would help them more than anything. Okay. Let me think about it for just a second. It's probably going to be pretty similar to what I just talked about, but be like, be a sponge, uh, learn as much as you can. Like I said, I, a ton, tons myself to learn. There's, there's no, there's an endless amount of learning you can do. Um, be a sponge. Don't be afraid to fail and the discipline. Like we just talked about, like if you really want to do it, just, I, you know, your friends might be with you. They might think you're crazy because you're bringing a camera every time. And it might be easy to just be like, Oh, my friends are here. I'm going to leave my camera in back of the truck. I'm not going to take it with me. Like I said, it gets easier to leave it in the truck from there on out. Like just be disciplined with it. Learn as much as you can. Um, you know, find people that inspire you. And, and watch what they're, you know, watch an episode. And if you have a question about, well, how do they get slow motion? Google how to shoot slow motion and just go from there. Uh, learn how to manually exposure. Um, I mean, just be a, be a sponge and don't be afraid to fail and just be disciplined with it. Kind of the same things we already talked about. Definitely. Well, man, I think that was, uh, I think that's, that's all good stuff. Guys, if you're listening to this, man, Go and check out the Hunting the Ozarks channel. It's really stinking good stuff. I I know, I know for a fact that you're not going to be disappointed by it. You're going to like what you see, and uh, I think it's just going to be a matter of time, Zach, before your channel blows up, man. And it's uh, it's up there with, you know, a bunch of these people that are your inspiration. 
and uh so you're doing a great job i appreciate everything you're doing thanks for uh hopping on the podcast and talking to us for a little bit and uh give us one more one more plug where where can people find everything hunting the ozarks yeah, appreciate the appreciate the episode, man. You can find us on Instagram at hunting uh, underscore the underscore Ozarks, and on YouTube just search hunting the Ozarks, and it's a little green map logo with an X on it. And go down there and subscribe, watch all of our videos. I really, really would appreciate it. And thanks for having me on the podcast, man. It's been awesome. Absolutely, dude. Well, have a good one. All right, thanks for listening to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. That's going to be it for this episode. Again, go check out Hunting the Ozarks. It's really stinking good stuff. Really awesome channel. Obviously, Zach is a great guy with a huge passion, and uh, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna do really well with his channel. And uh, I wouldn't have had him on here if I didn't think that you guys wouldn't enjoy his stuff. So make sure you check him out. Also, um, you can find all of Southern Ground stuff on uh, on YouTube, Facebook. Instagram. If you want to go to YouTube, I am putting turkey hunting footage up as we speak. There's actually a brand new episode up today. And uh, it's I, I put one up last week. I started putting up turkey videos last, last weekend. And um, got a really fun one. The first one I posted was one of my favorites. Uh, but then we got another one coming up today. Another one on Thursday. What I'm trying to do is be extremely disciplined. I am going to have Mondays and Thursdays um, for probably through the next month. Mondays and Thursdays are going to be video days, so you can go to the to the Southern Ground Hunting Channel and uh, find a new turkey hunting video every Monday and Thursday. Again, you can check us out on Facebook and on Instagram at Southern Ground Hunting. And that is going to be it for this episode. If you're going to be in the outdoors, whether it's scouting, squirrel hunting, hog hunting whatever you're doing remember this god gave you dominion over the birds of the air the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth so go out and exercise that dominion we will talk to you next time